This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. The world's nations are meeting in Bonn between the 6th and the 17th of November for the 23rd Annual Conference of the Parties, or COP, under the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, which aims to do the following. Prevent dangerous anthropogenic interference with the climate system, or to you and I, halt global warming. On the telephone now from London is Tom Nelson, Head of Natural Resources at Investec Asset Management in London. I was going to ask you the question, Tom, what's the background? But when I see the footage of the extraordinary smog and pollution enveloping Delhi in India at the moment, which is the equivalent, apparently, if you breathe it in for 24 hours of smoking 50 cigarettes, I don't think we need to know what the background is, do we? No, that's absolutely right. I think the world's understanding and awareness of the severity of these issues has improved and developed very dramatically over the last five to 10 years as it needed to. And this was really, this culminated in effect two years ago at COP21 in Paris and the landmark climate agreement. So here we are two years later and, you know, these heads of state and very, very important figures in international development are getting together again to discuss where we are two years on and, most importantly, what needs to be done. Of course, that landmark meeting, COP21, has been sullied somewhat because of the withdrawal or the intended withdrawal of the United States of America from the agreement, although that only occurs, I think, in 2020. The fact is that it has been tarnished somewhat. But at the time of that seminal COP21 meeting, your commodities and resources team produced a research piece called Our Energy Future, creating a sustainable global energy system which outlined the trajectory on which the world is on currently in terms of a future energy provision scenario and also the steps to be taken towards a sustainable global energy system. Now, since then, that piece, has it become outdated? Is it still relevant now? Maybe you could expand upon that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what we were attempting to do in, uh, in undertaking that piece of work was to understand a range of different scenarios and really try and look at what the future energy system might look like in the context of maintaining global temperatures within an acceptable range. And the conclusions that we reached were really that there needed to be a fairly rapid and broad-based development of a number of different renewable energy technologies, particularly solar and wind. We saw that structurally coal was likely to be a loser. Uh, natural gas would have a key role to play as something of a transition fuel. But broadly, we were going to be reliant on a number of different sources of energy to enable us to move to a decarbonized future. Now, some of the detail has changed, but the underlying thrust and direction of the work that we did remains the same. Okay, so coal out of the window, natural gas, a bridging energy source almost, solar and wind, and who knows what else in the future. But how far have we come since then? It's all very well for us calling COP21 in Paris a seminal meeting. But were people just patting themselves each other on the back, albeit very enthusiastically, and have just said, well, let's wait for the next meeting and see what happens? Or has there been genuine progress made? That's absolutely the right question to ask. And indeed, to be quite honest, we were asking ourselves that question 
in the days and weeks which immediately followed that meeting and that that resolution and that landmark uh, climate agreement two years ago because although the targets that it set and the awareness and understanding of these issues which it raised and improved were highly commendable aspirational one might say there was an awful lot that that agreement didn't do in terms of creating a legally binding framework etc so where are we two years on well a number of things that i would point to and it's it's a huge subject there are encouraging signs of a decoupling of emissions and economic growth it's too early to call the trend or claim success or victory if you like but there are and, and and some of this trend predates the climate agreement but that is really what this is all about because you know the global population is on a journey from around 7 billion to somewhere close to 10 we've got billions of people living in energy poverty without access to electricity which is a big human and sociological problem but at the same time we are pushing up against a series of limits or ceilings in terms of global resources and of course global temperature control so awareness is much better some encouraging signs but an awful lot that still needs to be done i just want to take this us question head on because we touched on it yes and um, i don't believe that trump's decision derails or undermines or negates any of this quite honestly why do i say that i think the us has has now now cuts a somewhat isolated figure on the global stage of climate change they've handed over leadership around this issue to china which china has been all too willing and all too ready to embrace china must now be seen as the global leader on this issue and frankly there are so many encouraging events and actions and commitments coming from within the US at a state level at a city level at a business level people like michael bloomberg you know you know and and frankly given the worldwide sort of derision with which a lot of donald trump's decision making is met you know you could almost perversely say that the fact that he has taken such an aggressive stand against all of this actually as cristiana figure has put so nicely that actually acts almost in favor of the other side Yes it's a good point and in fact the United States cuts an even more isolated figure now because Nicaragua and even Syria who weren't part of COP21 or didn't sign COP21 didn't agree to the agreement in Paris are about to be welcomed into the fold from what I understand the encouraging signs lead on to my final question what are the implications for investors for the investment world for portfolio managers like investec asset management in other words how do we all interpret the current environment and take advantage of it yeah Well again that's a huge question and one that uh, we as investors and we as a as an investment business need to think very carefully and deeply about. I come back to the earlier point I made about the competing forces of economic growth if you like and wealth creation and emissions and global temperatures and effectively as investors we need to think very very carefully about how we analyze the companies the sectors the industries that we invest in the climate agreement and the establishment of the sustainable development goals the sdgs have given or provided a framework a common language a series of landmarks and to some degree uh, measuring implements or barometers that we can use but we we need to work very very hard and analyze very thoroughly the impact 
that the businesses and the sectors that we invest in are having. Uh, and it's an immense challenge. And it's, it's a challenge that we embrace. It's a challenge that we as active investors take very seriously. And the opportunity here for investment businesses and for individual companies that get it right and can have a positive impact here is enormous. So we mustn't be daunted by the size of the opportunity, um, but there's plenty of work to do. Tom, thank you very much for your time. That's Tom Nelson, Head of Natural Resources at Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.